this is Steve Queen. Welcome to the Live Week Media YouTube channel. This is part 11 and the final part on 1 Thessalonians. We'll be in chapter 5, Lord willing, verses 22 through 28. So we'll finish out the chapter and the book today. Um, uh, please be sure and subscribe <clears throat> and uh, send a link to the channel to your friends and family. And as I love to say, even your enemies, they may need it the most. So let's dive right into chapter 5, uh, verse 22. You could just read this one and stop right here. How great is this? Abstain from every form of evil. There you go. Have a nice day. No, I'm kidding. Um, but it, it says that. Abstain from every form of evil. And here you see a great example of Scripture setting out a principle. By the Holy Spirit, the Apostle Paul writes and says, here's the principle. Abstain from every form of evil. And some forms of evil are spelled out very clearly in Scripture, so you know not to do those. But there are other things that over time, God may bring something to your mind tomorrow that you haven't thought was really a bad thing, but he begins to, to nudge you and say, you know, I really would rather you put that away. Well, why would you wait till now to bring it up? Well, Steve, <laughs> if he's talking to me, Hey, Steve, we had bigger things to deal with, but now I want to deal with that. Uh, this doesn't please me. And that's time for me to humble myself and say, yes, Father, thank you. I'll be glad to put that away. So abstain from every form of evil. That uh, is a message in and of itself. Pretty straightforward. And thank God he will show you what to do with that in your life. But we are to abstain from it. Uh, by the way, that flies in the face of false teaching that says, it doesn't matter if you do evil. Uh, a wrong teaching about grace, I'm, I'm saying this in the year 2020 in America, um, and uh, honestly, I don't really keep up with church fads and what's going on in this church and that church and what everybody's saying and blah, blah, blah. I kind of profoundly don't care, honestly. Um, I care about the people, but I don't keep up with fads. Clearly, I'm not a fashion slave, so... Um, you know, I just, I just want to love and serve Jesus and love and serve people and, and get on with my life. Um, but what I do know is things do tend to come around in cycles and they called it greasy grace back in the day and it's back again. And it's a misunderstanding of grace, which is really the power of God. Mercy is not getting what we deserve and grace is God's power working in us, by the way, to avoid evil. Um, and so when anyone teaches you about grace, and what they say is, it doesn't matter that you're clearly violating scripture and you're doing things that God says are evil. It's okay. He doesn't even see it. He sees it. He sees it. And judgment begins at the house of God, my friend. There are a thousand reasons to live right. There are a thousand reasons to value the holiness of God, that it's not enough that he calls you and I his holy ones. He expects holy living out of us, spirit-filled, Christ-filled living in us and through us. That is how his fragrance increases in our lives. And when we willfully go and live out evil, we're giving in to the devil. Do you hear that? When we willfully do evil, we're yielding to Satan. The word tells us, submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll free from you. He'll flee from you. If you're submitting to the devil, he's not fleeing. Right? So my gosh, this scripture's huge. It's very simple verbiage, 
but it's huge. Abstain from every form of evil. There are real consequences to continuing on in evil. Now, let's move on. Verse 23. So, after all these things he said in here, he says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely, set you apart entirely for him. That that your sanctification, that you're setting apart from the things of the world, from the life of the world system. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely. In other words, get you completely free and alive in the holiness of God and away from the world. And may your spirit, soul, and body be preserved complete without blame at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. You see there, he's talking about what that looks like. Don't wallow around in evil. Get rid of every form of evil because God's will is that you be completely sanctified, utterly set apart for him. That's what we're designed for. That's what he wants. That spirit, soul, and body, we be preserved complete and without blame at his coming. Oh, brothers and sisters, that's God's heartbeat for us. That we learn to live free and not bound and beaten up and down on ourselves and I'm stupid and I'm this and blah, blah, blah. No, 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 no. He wants us to live a life full of his spirit, utterly given to him. Uh, a few a few segments back, I talked about the reality of the inner life of rejoicing always and prayer without ceasing and of giving thanks in all circumstances, whether they got you stretched out and they're about to light you on fire because you're a Jesus follower or they're about to you know, cut your head off. He's still him. And this life is short. Amen. That's the point. So he's saying, may God sanctify you entirely. You be preserved, spirit, soul, and body complete without blame to the coming of our Lord Jesus. That's a great bookend. That's a great summary to what he's been saying. That's the heartbeat of God. Verse 24, faithful is he who calls you, and he also will bring it to pass. God is faithful. He is committed to finishing the work he began in you. Philippians 1.6 talks about that. God is always at work. Ephesians 3.21, he's able to do more in us than we can ask, think, or even imagine. And I can imagine a lot. But able to do more than that by his power. What, out there somewhere? No, at work in me. At work in you. That's what he has for us. Nothing less than life from the dead. That's, That's the reality. That's who Jesus is, and that's who he wants to be in us and through us. Oh, embrace him in this here and now, today, today. Don't wait for tomorrow, next year, when you get a pay raise, blah, blah, blah. Those are all lies and smoke screens. Embrace Jesus as Lord here and now, in this here and now, this very moment. Yield yourself to him. Yield yourself to him. Say, I I want you to be my Lord. I want you to be my master. If you're not born again, you can be, okay? And and I want to interact with you about that, okay? I don't want to just... I don't want to just throw something flippant out there, but it means dying to yourself and, and, and coming to life in Jesus. It's awesome. You can reach me at livewick at cox.net, L-I-V-E-W-I-C-K at C-O-X dot net, and I'll be glad to interact with you. So anyway, he's bookending what he's been saying in here. God is faithful. He wants you to be sanctified, and he's always doing his part. 
He's just looking for us to do ours, which is primarily surrender. <laughs> so I could do that, right? And then he says, verse 25, brethren, brothers, pray for us. Hear the humility in that. I mean, the, the, the great apostle Paul says, pray for us. We need your prayers. And then he says, greet all the brethren, greet all the brothers with a holy kiss. Now, that's definitely a cultural thing. Where I live, men don't greet each other with a kiss. Um, you can debate this all day long. Uh, that was something that they did. It was common there. I know uh, our European brothers and sisters, they often will greet each other, not all of them, but they'll greet each other that way. Uh, and other places in the world, that's just standard. Um, but it's it's a, a, an endearing way to greet people, not a standoffish way to keep people at bay. Uh, it should be a warm, genuine greeting that you're truly glad to spend time to invest your life with other people. That's the point. Verse 27, I adjure you by the Lord to have this letter read to all the brothers. So ha- make sure that they all hear this. And the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. See, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ with you, his grace is his power. That's what grace is. The grace of God has appeared to us, teaching us to say no to unrighteousness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, godly lives in this present evil age. That's what grace does, my friend. Grace doesn't say, oh, you're breaking every rule I've ever given you, every every principle of godly living. But you know, I don't see that because all I see is Jesus. That is not right. That is not right. What he's saying is you are made for more than that, my friends. Jesus gave his life so that he could dwell in us and we could dwell in him. He could abide in us and we could abide in him. That inner life is is where it's at. That's the main thing. And if all this outer life is on fire or if it's going better than you could ever have imagined, he's the same. And he wants to have every bit of your inner life. When he shows you a part of your inner life that you haven't turned over to him throw it on the altar and watch it burn and that'll free up more space for him. You will never regret it. I promise you. God bless you. It's been great going through First Thessalonians with you and uh, we'll see where the Lord takes us after this. God bless you and uh, take care. Bye-bye.